probably thinking why I have the mic set up like this and everything. Well, I'm doing something completely new. I'm going to be reading some really stupid stuff. I even started a setup for a brand new podcast. I'm calling it Ridiculous Reads. Uh, the reason why I'm doing that is because I want something else that I can enjoy and hopefully you guys can enjoy as well. And a lot of that has to do with reading. Uh, I really like to read. Uh, I really like to, I have a bookshelf of nothing but cookbooks and bar books. I don't really have a bunch of other books. Uh, they're all breeze. However, I do have, uh, a lot of, uh, other projects as far as reading and book stuff goes. Uh, with that being said, uh, Ridiculous Reads is going to be me reading really, really funny stuff blindly. And I figured there's no one better to do that with than Chuck Tingle. So, oh crap, I just realized I I need to update this information real fast. <laughs> Uh, let me do this. Do, do, do. I probably should have done this forever ago. Hopefully that works. Uh, do that. Reading aloud, all that. All right, cool. Hopefully, hopefully that is <laughs> the updated. So I'm, I'm not playing Overwatch. Sorry. I... I might play Overwatch tonight, but I actually have another game that I want to play that is, uh, that looks like it's a ton of fun. It's going to hopefully scratch the itch that I've been having for a different type of game. Uh, but I do have a cocktail. I have a new rule for myself is I'm only going to drink when I stream. I don't really want to drink elsewhere, or if I go out to eat, I'll do that. You know, I don't want to drink elsewhere, so. Uh, that way I can be extra ridiculous. Um, but this is going to be a reading thing. So if you guys don't know about Chunk Tingle, let me tell you about him. Let me look him up real fast. So he is considered, uh, the, the world's greatest author. Okay. And he actually has an award for a book, and the book's name is Trans Wizard Harriet Porber and the Bad Boy Parasaurolophus. Uh, and it's an adult romance novel from the two-time Hugo Award-winning finalist Chuck Tingle. So he makes books like that if it's any idea. Let me tell you about, I'll read his about page real fast. So he's the man, the myth, the legend. Two-time award, Hugo Award finalist, Dr. Chuck Tingle is an erotic author and Taekwondo grandmaster, almost black belt <laughs> to, from Billings, Montana. After receiving his PhD at DeVry University in Holstick Massage, Chuck found himself fascinated by all things sensual, leading up to his creation of The Tingler. A story so blissfully erotic that it cannot be experienced without eliciting a sharp tingle down the spine. 
Chuck has two podcasts, one with Night Vale presents titled Pounded in the Butt by My Own Podcast <laughs> and a conversational podcast called My Friend Chuck. Uh, Dr. Chuck Tingle has been uh, featured in the New York Times, the New York Observer, and just a mess of, of things. For up-to-date news, sign up to his mailing list at the Neighborhood Time of Billings. Uh, for more information, please consult his question and answer section. Uh, his Twitter is also kind of uh, kind of out there, too. Uh, so, like, one of his things that he says on Twitter is, Wow, I would very much enjoy if trans wizard Harriet Porber won a Hugo because it is a good fantasy novel, but also because it would be a nice balance against some anti-trans wizard books who might have won Hugos in the past. Just a thought, Chuck, about a future that makes me smile. <laughs> you know, this guy's, the guy's really, uh, he's, he's really funny, uh, with, with the type of things that he does. And I, I only know about his books. I've never read any of his books. I read a few of his excerpts. Um, but the goal of this podcast and the goal of the stream, whenever I do stream about these things is actually going to be with me, uh, me trying not to laugh. Actually, is there an ASMR category? I think there is. Let me see that. Let me. Uh, maybe I should do that. There is. That is great. <laughs> That's an ASMR category. You know, I'm gonna be doing it like that, and hopefully, everyone who does watch these ASMR things, um, will either get a kick out of this or they will hate. Me. I'll I'll be hated among the ASMR community because of this. So I don't think there's anything better than to just get into it. So let me see if I'm able to real fast. I'm gonna delete that. Alright, so I'm gonna try to go to this reading. Uh, let's do the react. All right, so we're gonna switch the screen a bit, and I'm going to get a window capture. Do, do, do. one second. Where is it? There we go. All right, so right here we have this is this right here. What you're looking at is the 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 cover of the book that I'm going to be the first book that I'm going to read. So it's the book that we're going to be reading is called my handsome sentient face mask protects me despite the ridiculous conspiracy theories that he won't also he pounds my butt. Yep. That's, that's what we're going to be reading today. So without further ado, let's, uh, let's get this file. All right, let me get a drink real fast. All right, so this is my handsome sentient face mask protests me despite the ridiculous conspiracy theories that he won't. Also, he pounds my butt by Dr. Dr. Jock Tinkle. I'm sitting at the cafe, enjoying my tall, cold glass of chocolate milk, when I see Mark enter, a huge, obnoxious grin plastered across his face. 
there are plenty of reasons why this sets me on the edge. But the most obvious one is the fact that I shouldn't be able to see my friend's grin at all right now. He should be wearing a mask. Oh god, I blurt, shaking my head from side to side and then lowering my gaze in embarrassment as Mark approaches. My friend sits down across from me. What did you get? Chocolate milk? He questions rhetorically, observing my beverage and then considering his own. I notice a few other patrons glancing over at us, concerned looks on their faces. Eventually, they go back to their business, but I'm still mortified to my core. Fortunately, now that we are sitting at the table eating and drinking, it's reasonable to remove our masks, but I'm still reeling from Mark's walk over. Are you okay? My friend continues. I narrow my eyes, suddenly realizing that he doesn't even have a mask with him. Yeah, I'm fine. I finally blurt. Do you not have a face mask? Mark leans back and rolls his eyes, slumping down in his chair, as he assumes some kind of position of cocky defiance. Of course not, he replies. You know they can track you with those things, right? <laughs> okay, well, that's the first chuckle. I just stare at him blankly, utterly confused. Ever since the trotting plague started, <laughs> trotting plague, <laughs> there have been a variety of different public health messages out there in an effort to keep the world safe. Plenty of these messages have gradually evolved, and some restrictions have been tightened or loosened. One thing we know for sure, though, wearing a mask cuts down on transmission of the trotting plague. Most restaurants require face masks if you'd like to be served, and as private establishments, that is obviously within their rights. Hell, they could require masks even without a worldwide global pandemic. But more important than the technical request of masking up is the kind message that it sends to everyone else, the visual display that says, I'm caring enough not to only protect myself, but to protect the people I come in contact with. At this point, it's just common courtesy. Apparently, Mark doesn't think so. What do you mean they can track you? I question. Not quite sure what my friend is trying to say. Who is they? The powers that be, Mark continues. The government. You mean like President Trump? I question. Still not getting it. Now this is Trump. D-R-O-M-P. The president is not part of the government, I repeat back, growing more and more perplexed with every answer that comes my way. These questions are having the opposite effect on my understanding, and with the passing moment of the illogical web begins to tangle even more. I mean, like the secret government, Mark offers. The shadow state the deep group, the one pulling all the strings. They want us to wear masks because they've got microchips in the fabric. That way they can track you. Why do they want to track me? I question. Mark laughs, shaking his head from side to side as though he's amazed I'm not already existing on the same level of conspiracy theory madness that he is. Because they're trying to steal your blood, man. <laughs> so... Real fast, I feel I feel like I can relate to, you know, uh, the main character on this series so far, or not series, the story so far. He's a uh, he's very he's very concerned for his friend, and you know, it's it's a very troubling time for him. 
you know, to, you know, very traumatizing. <laughs> All right. I can't help myself letting out a long, exasperated sigh and then taking a heavy sip of my chocolate milk. Mark notices my body language and suddenly realizes just how opposed to his rantings and raving I really am. You think this mask is actually going to protect you, he offers, pointing out the cloth face mask of mine that sits folded neatly, nearly, neatly, says nearly, should be neatly, on the table between us. Yes, I reply quite simply. That's a sheeple mentality, my guy, Mark continues. You know that you breathe out CO2, right? When you wear that mask, you're just breathing out your own, your own CO2, a natural sedative. It's making your brain weaker. So Bill Grates can herd the masses wherever he wants. Oh God, I offer in return in an expression of shock and how far my friend has gone and is rather than an agreement with his absurd statement. Of course, Mark takes it as confirmation. Right? He offers, nodding his head. You get it now. <laughs> I gaze out the window of the coffee shop, watching as the sun begins to set on the horizon, and the sky blooms with a glorious display of purples and oranges. It's a brief moment of mental peace after trying to deal with Mark's inane ideas, but this is not a vacation that's built to last. After all, I'm still sitting across from him as he spouts these ridiculous theories. Which brings me to my final realization. Why is Mark even my friend? <laughs> He's gotten worse and worse about this stuff over time. I feel like the dam of my patience just a few moments from breaking. <laughs> Want to talk about something else? I finally suggested. Cool, cool, Mark replies. Let me get my drink first. Speaking of which, I am going to take one myself. All right. My friend stands up and strolls over to the coffee shop counter to make his order. Meanwhile, my gaze is still locked. Oh, well, there we go. I scrolled up. <laughs> Meanwhile, my gaze is still locked tight onto the beautiful display of the light and color just before me, watching as a day transitions into night and then chuckling a defeated laugh about just how crazy the world has become. Not only do I have just have the threat of trotting plague to contend with, but another victim of the Billings Butcher was reported just hours ago. This maniac has been stalking the streets of Billings for months now, and the police still have no leads. Of course, that still hasn't stopped rumors from spreading about this monstrous slasher. Witnesses has offered a variety of descriptions, but the one image that has stuck portrays him as a tall, bulky figure in tattered clothing, and a hockey mask covering his face. In his hands, he wields a rusty old machete, which he uses to hack apart his prey. I shudder just thinking about it, reminding myself that I should probably start walking home before it gets too dark. Once Mark finishes his drink, I'm getting out of here. What do you mean you won't serve me? A familiar voice cries out, pulling me back into reality and causing my heart to skip a beat. I glance over to see Mark standing at the counter of this small, quiet cafe, his eyes wide as he shakes his fist in anger. I'm sorry, sir. A bright pink unicorn behind the counter <laughs> states firmly. <laughs> this is a private business, 
and you'll need to leave if you don't put a face mask on. Clearly prepared for this, Mark reaches into his pocket and pulls out a folded piece of paper. It clearly he's printed something off of the internet, in which he begins to read. This is directly from the Center for Breathing Humans of the United States, he announces. No business shall, sh shall prohibit one from entering if they had the following conditions. Two spines, blood bumps, moon throw. <laughs> I'm going to have to stop you right there, the unicorn interrupts. The Center for Breathing Humans of the United States isn't a real organization, and none of those are real illnesses. This drives Mark into a rage, my friend slamming his fist down on the counter before him, nearly shattering the glass. I will not be tracked by Bill Greats. <laughs> I realize in this exact moment that Mark is no longer my friend. Get out, the unicorn states firmly, pointing toward the door. Fine, Mark replies. I just have one last thing to say. My former friend turns to the rest of the cafe addressing this group of strangers from all walks of life who have been brought together as witnesses to this impromptu display of madness and arrogance. Your mask will not protect you, Mark cries out. Your mask will not be here when you need it the most. Your mask is not your friend. Mark then turns to me. Let's get out of here, Tyler. I cringe as he says this, the rest of the cafe suddenly realizing that I have a connection to this maniac. Uh... No, I finally replied. I think you should go. Then fuck you too, Mark screams. So now we know that the main character's name is Tyler. So I feel like that's an important name to know, that we are in the perspective of Tyler. Well, let me move this camera just a little bit up. There we go. Yeah, mm, now I look extra sexy. Mm. Let's take a sip. As my former friend... Marches towards the door. I can't help yelling out after him. And by the way, why would Bill Greats need masks to track you? We already have phones. The second Mark leaves, the whole cafe erupts in applause. Honestly, I don't feel bad about losing him as a friend, which I kind of expected. Instead, I feel a great wave of relief wave over me. I finish my drink and clean my table before putting on my mask and heading towards the counter toward myself. I also make sure to drop off another tip to the unicorn behind the counter, because after an outburst like that, they deserve it. Soon enough, I'm strolling the streets of Billings, enjoying the crisp fall air as it tickles my skin. Of course, it would be a little more enjoyable if I didn't have to walk to keep my eyes trained for the Billings Butcher, but all in all, I'm enjoying the evening walk. You okay? My face mask questions. That was crazy, huh? I reply, speaking directly into the sentient piece of health and safety gear. <laughs> you didn't answer my question, my face mask reminds me. Are you okay? I let out a long sigh. So thankful for Trimble, my living mask. <laughs> it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> well, Mark has shown his true colors as a complete asshole. Trimble is ma really making up for it in the protective front. I'm good, I assure him. I thought I'd be a little more upset about losing a friend, but what are you going to do? I didn't like when he said mask won't protect you. I know that's not true. Thanks, Tremble replies, clearly touched that I was sticking up for him like that. <laughs> Suddenly, I stop in my tracks, grazing down dimly lit suburban street before me. 
The sight is so darkly absurd that at first I think it must be Mark coming back to me and play a prank on me. But the longer I stand here and gaze at that figure, the more I begin to realize that he is too much too large to be my former friend. At the end of the block, I'm walking down, stands an enormous man. His form, a vague silhouette under the streetlight that beams down from above. Despite the awkward lighting, I can still make out the hockey mask covering his face and the giant blade hanging down by his side. Uh, are you seeing this? I asked Trimble, my heart slamming hard within my chest as I stand frozen in fear. Yeah, I do, my sentient face mask replies. Let's get out of here. I back away slowly, keeping my eyes firmly locked on the man I have now identified as a Billings Butcher. The figure doesn't move a muscle as I creep around the corner from which I came, disappearing from sight. I immediately turn and break out in a sprint, running the opposite direction and making my way deeper into the neighborhood. Part of me considers running up and knocking on the door of some random house for help, but in the back of my head, I'm still not entirely convinced that this isn't some kind of awful prank. I reach to the end of the block and make a sharp left turn, but the second I do, I squeal to yet another stop. Somehow, the Billings Butcher is here waiting for me, standing under yet another streetlight, as though he's been lingering there the whole time. He's much closer now than he was before, and after a few seconds of remaining perfectly still, the crazed killer abruptly breaks out in a brisk walk toward me. Oh shit, I cry, backing away yet again. This time, however, I'm so taken off guard that I stumble and fall, tripping over my own feet as I land on the sidewalk, with a thud. The Billings Butcher only quickens his pace, marching towards me and lifting his machete high over his head. I let out a frantic scream, turning away and raising my hand to protect myself, when suddenly Trimble takes action, leaping off from my face and rushing toward the killer. Trimble, wait, I cry out, but there's no stopping him. My mask is singularly focused on protecting me at all costs. Apparently, the Billings Butcher wasn't quite expecting this. Before the butcher has a chance to react, Trimble is taking a massive swing with his fist and connecting hard with the jaw of his target. <laughs> the Billings Butcher stumbles back and is dropping his machete and grabbing his face in pain. He's reeling now, completely taken off guard by my living mass defender. The killer roars and then rushes at Trimble, grabbing him and throwing him against a nearby hedge. My first instinct is to rush in and help, but my face ass throws up a hand to stop me. No, he cries. Run, just get out of here. I appreciate this protective nature, but I can't just leave Trimble here if it's in trouble. Moments later, my face mask throws another solid right hook, and then another. Now the billing butchers is stumbling back again, weary and confused as my sentient protective face mask ghost continues to lay into him. Go, Trimble yells again pushing me to run away and find safety. Get home. This time, I heed my friend's words, realizing now that he has gone into the situation under control. The Billings Butcher may look big and tough, but he's clearly no match for the safety provided by the living face mask. <laughs> Ken's barbecue wings are freaking great, and they're a top five. I will have to make sure when we re-resume the podcast next week. Absolutely. Thank you for letting me know, though. 
And thank you for making me jealous that I'm not there in Tucson. <laughs> Damn. Oh. I turn around and begin running down the street, sprinting all the way until I reach my apartment. I hurry up the front steps, pulling out my keys as I go in and then immediately unlocking the door to my second story unit. I dive inside and draw the blinds. My breathing heavy, I peer out the thin slats of my dark street below, gazing down every shadow as I search for a sign for the Billings Butcher has followed me home, but no sign comes. Another drink. About 10 minutes later, I watch another familiar figure emerge from the darkness. It's Trimble, my protective face mask. And although he's sporting a slight limp, he seems otherwise unfazed by the encounter. <laughs> I immediately climb to my feet and rush over to my apartment door, undoing the locks and helping my dear friend inside. Oh my god, are you okay? I blurt. What happened? The sentient face mask immediately makes his way into the kitchen and pours himself a glass of chocolate milk from the, fa from the faucet. <laughs> Taking a long, satisfying drink of the cool and refreshing liquid. <laughs> When he finally finishes, he sets his cup down firmly on the counter and then breaks out of the smile. I guess a Billings Butcher won't be hurting anyone anymore. <laughs> I just imagined like a face mask. <laughs> Wait, really? I ask. Trimble nods. I got him down on the ground and held him there until an arrest was made, he explains. It'll all be over in the papers tomorrow. My eyes go wide with excitement and I can't help myself. I rush into the kitchen and hug my friend tight, overwhelmed with happiness and gratitude. We stay like this for a while, locked in a loving embrace and both declining to pull away. <laughs> in this moment, a whole slew of emotions flood through my body. I've always been attracted to my living face mask, but our relationship seems to be too utilitarian for that to matter. We're friends, and I enjoy his company when I mask up to leave for the house. But I figured that this was the extent of it. Now I'm beginning to realize these boundaries were all in my head, and Tremble is capable of so much more. I also get the distinct feeling that my living face mask feels exactly the same. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna get it's gonna get real right now, guys. I won't ever let someone say masks don't work, I finally whisper in Trimble's ear. The handsome face mask turns to me, and without a moment's hesitation, he kisses me deeply in the lips. <laughs> After having him so close to my face for so long, I never realized just how much I wanted this. As soon as the tension breaks, we're all over each other, making out passionately as our hands begin to expose to one another's bodies. I begin to push Trimble back into the living room, making our way through the apartment until he finally collapses into the soft cushions of the couch. I climb up onto the sentient face mask and continue to kiss him, making my way from his lips to his neck to his collarbone. <laughs> Just trying to imagine a face mask with, with all those parts. With one hand, I reach down and begin to tease the limits of his waist. Noticing the growth and the hardness of his cock begins to swell, <laughs> but refusing to touch it just yet. 
Instead, I tease him for a while, playfully tracing his hip bone with my finger as he pushes his hips back against me. You like that? I question in a soft whisper. <laughs> the living mask nods. You want more? I do. <laughs> the sentient face mask nods again. Like this? I ask, then finally relent, reaching down and wrapping my fingers tightly around his cloth face mask cocks. <laughs> Trimble lets out a long, satisfied groan as I begin to stroke him, pumping my grip slowly up and down along his length. <laughs> I can tell that he likes this, not just from the audible tones escaping from between his lips, but because of the way that he rocks his hips against me. <laughs> the two of us quickly fall into sync with one another, locked in as the pleasure begins to build. <laughs> Still, I want more. And while the hand job is plenty of fun, I find myself yearning to feel this handsome face mess cock between my lips. Soon enough, I'm slipping down the length of Trimble's body, kissing along his cloth, chest, and his abs, and then eventually arriving at his massive face mess. <laughs> <laughs> I open my mouth wide to, and take Trimble's mammoth rod between my lips, slowly bumping my face up and down across his length. I use the same pace that I was stroking with my hand just moments before, and then gradually gain speed as I work him. I reach up and cradle his balls, adding to the sensations. Oh, fuck, that feels so good, Trimble groans, <laughs> reaching down and placing his hands up against the back of my head. He guides me along, clearly enjoying the way that I'm picking up the speed as he gives in to the carnal pleasures that flood his body. Eventually, however, I'm simply pumping too fast to maintain. I pull back with a loud gasp, struggling to collect myself as a long thread of saliva hangs between my lips and the head of Trimble's enormous dick. I take a moment and then dive back in, but this time I take a different approach. <laughs> when I slip Trimble's rod into my mouth, I don't bob my head up and down. Instead, I swallow the sentient mascot deeper and deeper into my gullet, somehow relaxing my throat enough to take the living object's member completely. Soon enough, I find my face pressed up against hard against Trimble's glorious abs held in a perfectly formed deep throat. I stay like this for as long as I can, possibly manage, and then finally pull back with a fire in my eyes and an erotic ache in my heart. I want even more. I need that dick, I snarl, <laughs> frantically stripping out of my clothing and tossing it to the side. Trimble helps me along, tearing away at any restrictive fabric until my body is entirely bare. I turn around and fall forward, popping my ass out toward the handsome living mask behind me. I let him have a good look, crawling across the grounds and rocking my hips from side to side as I go. I can feel the sentient mask's eyes watching me, and this knowledge sends me a sharp chill of arousal down my spine. You like the way that healthy body looks, Aiku? That's all thanks to you. You keep me feeling great. <laughs>
I reach back and slap my ass and then grab a cheek and spread it wide so that Tribble can get an even better look at my pucker. <laughs> what are you waiting for? I continue. Fuck me. <laughs> the living face mask doesn't need to be told twice. Floating down the position behind me and aligning his enormous rod with the tightness of my waiting butthole. Still, he takes his time teasing me with his giant member as he tests the limit of my anal rim. Now it's Trimble who has the control as I beg for his touch. Please, I moan, I need that dick. <laughs> oh man, it looks like I scared the viewers. <laughs> Finally, Trimble has mercy and thrusts forward, impaling me across a sturdy cock. With one deep and powerful swoop, I let out a startled cry as he enters me, believing that I'd be prepared for his girth, but clearly was not expecting to be stretched out quite like this. While taking the living mass face mass cock, in my mouth I had been had been one thing, but my butthole is an entirely different story. <laughs> I'm filled completely, and unfortunately, the first sensation that fled through me are ones of aching discomfort. However, Tremble is a kind and patient lover, <laughs> taking his time with me as he pauses in this position for what seems like forever. He waits just like this, allowing my body to adjust to this penetration, and then slowly beginning to pump his hips against my frame. Soon enough, the living object's body is rocking deep against me, transforming the unpleasant sensations into a blissful warmth. Oh fuck, just like that, I groan, bracing myself against the floor as the living face mask starts hammering me from the behind. Soon enough, the two of us find ourselves in a steady rhythm. Tremble and I read each other's body as language as we fall into sync with one another. It's not long before I start to tremble and quake, the first hints of a prostate orgasm bubbling up from deep within. It begins at the pit of my stomach and then carries down my arms and legs, tickling each and every nerve ending as it spouts, sets about to overwhelm my senses. That dick feels so good. <laughs> that dick feels so good. I repeat over and over again. The blissed out mantras start starting as a whisper and then escalating into a belligerent roar. That dick feels so good. That dick feels so fucking good. <laughs> By now, Trouble is hammering away at me with everything he's got, slamming my asshole with the enormous face mask cock of his. I reach down and grab a hold of my dick, beating myself off in time for his pumps from behind. <laughs> the dual sources of pleasure begin to twist and swirl together, becoming so much more than the sum of their parts. My body is quaking hard with tremors of erotic tension the specter of a powerful orgasm looming larger and larger until I finally just can't take it anymore. I throw my head back and let out a wild, unbridled scream, lost in the moments as become hard. Hot white jizz approves from my head of my rod, splattering across the ground below in a glorious pattern of pearly white. Trimble carries me through my entire orgasm like a perfect gentleman, never letting up for a second while my body reels. When I'm finally finished, however, he thrusts into my butt and elicits a payload of his own, filling me up with more cum than I can handle. Soon enough, 
the sentient face mask seed escorting out from the edges of my tightly packed rim and running down back to my legs in a long, thick streaks. When the mask has reached its satisfactory ending, he withdraws his cock and then climbs down to the floor next to me, wrapping his arm around my body. Thank you for keeping me safe, I offer. It's my job, he replies. It's why I'm here. I know, I reply. But still, thanks. We stay like this for a long while, just annoying each other's presence and appreciating the moment. I feel nothing but safe in his arms. And that is the first book for this series. And now that I'm reading it, I'm pretty sure that this is very not safe for Twitch. So if I end up getting banned, you know why. <laughs> but thank you for joining me in the very first read on this story. It escalated fairly fast, I will say that. But I feel like a lot of them are like this. So, uh, yeah. And uh, by the way, fuck you.